0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own strong,
1: advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today, wherever you listen to
0: podcasts.
2: You're listening to the California Golden Bear cast. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi and Indeed. And welcome back to another episode of the Golden Bearcast, the premier California Golden Bears athletics podcast that you can find. I'm trying to give us a new intro, so there we have it. We're part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, um, and yeah, let's get to it. I'm one of your hosts, Rob Huang. alongside me with the other host and the better half of this podcast, Andy. Andy, how you doing this fine Friday evening? What's up? What's up? Pretty it's good. Half a beer in,
1: feeling great. Feeling it's great. It's been a while. It's been a while since we've done one of these. But we can't say it's been a while every time because then it'll just be podcasts every <laughs> single time, like it's been a while. <laughs> I mean, if you look at the date that we're gonna be posting this, like it's gonna it's, it's gonna have been a while
2: since the two of us have been on the podcast.
1: It's here. Yeah. <laughs> so theoretically, or. In reality, yes, it has been a while. Yeah. But let's, for plausible deniability, let's say no. <laughs> I just, I just talked to you yesterday. We this just recorded true. one yesterday. <laughs> oh,
2: man. All right. So we've got a lot to talk about. Um, I have a drink in my hand. Uh, I know. Are you still drinking the drink that's in your hand too? Yeah. It's only half done. I have not, I have yet to get a drink in. Um, but, why don't we uh why don't we share what we're drinking tonight? What are you drinking tonight?
1: Fresh from the San Leandro brewery of 21st Amendment, I am drinking a heller high mango. And let me tell you, actually, this is a good plug. The actually I don't even know if I want to tell people. Well, it's too <laughs> late. So 21st Amendment has an awesome outdoor setup that's unbelievably COVID compliant, like very spaced out. Big tables, good food, good beers, great guest taps. I've had a couple of sours from Funkworks that have been unbelievable. And then they had me this High mango, just unreal. So I had it on draft there. And then I bought a six pack, which is like super rare for me. I'll never take anything home. And I got to say, it tastes damn near as good as when I had it there at the brewery. And I went when it was 100 degrees. But yeah, they had misters out, 21st Amendment in San Leandro outdoor patio don't everybody go but a lot of you can go as long as i don't have to wait in line (laughs) that would be great um i might go tomorrow we'll see it's a boys night at the johnson household it's a boys weekend at the johnson household so the world is my oyster and that means i might just go drink beer (laughs) to be fair that that what what you mean is that it's you and your dog yeah yep that's the Yep, COVID times, no friends. 90%. Hashtag no friends. What are you drinking?
2: Well, I mean, our buddy uh, Young One dropped off some Tokyo beer for me. I got a, a GL Whitbeer, which is a galangal and lime. I think that's somewhat kind of like a ginger. Uh, but man, I, this is the second one I've had. Not today, but uh, like he dropped me off four of these, and I've already finished one. And I'm not that big of a beer drinker, but man, this is this is delicious. Uh, and yeah. I. I texted him and I said, hey, this is freaking good. And he's like, that means a lot coming from you since you don't drink a lot of beer anyways. Um, And I was like, yeah, okay, sure. Um, So, yeah, I highly recommend this. You can get this. If you live in the Bay Area, you you can get this delivered to you. If you live in California, you can get this delivered to you. Um, But I believe elsewhere you can't get it yet. So,
1: so fun fact. I used to talk with Young One about Galangal. I believe he was trying to grow it when we were working for another brewery and it was one of those things that he was like always wanting to put, so we would look at the vegetables that would be in the backyard and like spices and stuff. And then he would just sort of be like, Oh, I bet that would be really good. Or I bet, I bet this would be really good in a beer and we would eventually just try it out. And we had like all these different things. And uh, so if you haven't tried any of their beers, they're amazing. And that's the type of creativity you're getting with it. And he went to Cal so support a fellow Bear alumnus that's out there growing a brand, Doke Beer. I also highly recommend the Lemongrass and Szechuan Peppercorn, which is called the LP Whitbeer, Beer, as well as they have a Hazy Session with Citra that was pretty good. And I haven't tried the Stout yet, but there is a Stout. And there's also a Double IPA that I think has Huel Melon and mosaic i think i'm wrong i think i'm wrong there <laughs> see i'm i'm off my game it's been a while <laughs> it's been a while you're all uh all are very good your your beer game isn't strong as it used to be no nor is my korean dude i i dropped an <laughs> Anya in uh in one of my toastmasters meeting and it didn't really get that good of a response and i was like oh <laughs> man oh <laughs> uh, oh boy well I think that's enough
2: about the beers. I think they want us to get on with the show and talk about some Cal Athletics news. Um, since since we haven't talked about the big news in a while, we'll start off with the biggest of newses. was that the Pac-12, uh, by their words, postponed the season. Uh, canceled was not the word. Andy, you kind of uh, – you said we weren't getting football this year. It happened. We're not getting football. Excuse me.
1: Man, I started doubting myself too. <laughs> I was like, I mean, I knew I came on strong because that's just kind of the way I am. But uh, at the same time, like watching the NFL last night, besides the ridic—I mean, gosh, ridiculous nature of having fans of that game. That's absurd. They had fifteen thousand fans of that game, and then on top of it, of the fifteen thousand people that went to that game, they booed the players in a in a racial unity gesture it's i mean ah uh, just the worst the worst I, uh, I <laughs> but moving on from that craziness i was like wow well the nfl is actually pulling this off and like you know i was saying like the nfl is notoriously awful with everything and so i was just assuming that the nfl wouldn't really be able to pull this thing off and it sort of seems like so far they have but the Big difference there, though, and the reason why I don't revisit the decision on college football is because the players are not paid. And so, therefore, if it is not a job, it's just like it's like the teacher thing. Like, you know how three teachers have already died from COVID? It's like that's unbelievably unacceptable because that was a completely unnecessary death. Right. That's the way I view that. Yeah. And so it's like college football, your threshold for failure is one. And honestly, dude, with this disease, like, or sickness, people are having, like, ongoing headaches and heart disease. And, like, nobody knows what the impacts of this are long term. And so it it's basically like your threshold is one infection. I, I mean, I really think that's it. I would call it, you know, leagues are probably going to look at it. But, like, if you have one person, whether it be affiliated with Cal Athletics Uh, you know, a trainer, doctor, coach, a relative of a coach, you know, significant other that gets contracts COVID because of the fact that there's a college football season. It's immediately not worth it, because it's something that we enjoy for free. It's free of late of of labor in the traditional sense in which you are paid for it. And so I think like I still haven't come around to the idea of, of even having it, even though there's been some news lately that seems like, you know, things could change. And I've had some friends that I really respect that have also shifted their opinion on that, too. What do you think? I mean, this was the smart move,
2: right? I mean, at the time, this was when did they make this announcement? I think it was in August. Uh, We're talking in September now. So there's a couple of news items that we'll talk about that's, that's changed over the past month or so. But as of right now yeah i'm I'm totally with you like there's why are we gambling with the health of uh young adults when and or I mean i'm just I'm just talking about the football players on the field like why are we gambling with their health when we don't know what the long-term imp- implications of contracting this virus is like I, I, that that's the part that doesn't make sense to me. Uh, because the other argument that people keep giving is that it's like the flu, or you know, if you're young, it doesn't affect you as crazy as and um, intensely as if you're an older or uh, large, larger at risk community or uh, demographic. So it's just it's just weird to me uh, that that's the argument you're going for for a disease and a virus that we just don't know anything about. Um, so, yeah, I mean, let me run you through a little bit more of the news and we can keep talking about this. Um, this is from ESPN on the day that they announced the postponement. pac CEO group voted unanimously Tuesday to postpone all sports, including football and basketball through the end of the year. In a statement, the pac said that it said if conditions related to the coronavirus improve, it would consider a return to competition after January 1st, 2021. The health and safety and well-being of our student athletes and all those connected to Pac-12 sports has been our number one priority since the start of the current crisis, Pac-12 Commissioner Larry Scott said in a statement. Our student athletes, fans, staff, and all those who love college sports would like to have seen the season played this calendar year as originally planned, and we know how disappointing it is. End quote. The postponement applies to all sports that were scheduled to start before the end of the year, which includes winter sports like men's and women's basketball. The league's mandatory advisory group had concerns that many of its re- current recommendations cannot be achieved consistently across all universities at that point, at this point in time. And this is when they're making that announcement last month. So, currently, the availability of frequent FDA-approved accurate testing with rapid turnaround time vary at each of the Pac-12 institution locations. In addition, in many locations within the conference, community test positivity rates and number of cases per 100,000 in the surrounding community exceeded levels, which infectious disease and public health experts deem safe for group sports. The medical advisory group also said, it is anticipated that over the next few months, rapid point-of-care tests will become more available and will have a greater understanding of potential short-term and long-term health effects of COVID-19 to better inform medical decision-making. Larry Scott also said it was, imp- it was impossible For them to go into a bubble like some pro sports. That's where we're at. Um, Fast forward to this past week. Pac-12 conference announces groundbreaking testing research initiative with Quidel. Rapid results testing could speed the return of sport competition. Um, This was on September 3rd. And basically, I'll read you the first little statement here. The Pac-12 conference announced today that's entered an agreement with diagnostic test leader Cadell Corporation to implement up to daily testing for COVID-19 with student athletes across all its campuses for all close contact sports. The agreement is a major step towards the safe return of sports competition in the Pac-12. The arrangement with Quidel will provide for frequent testing with rapid results, which had been one of the key concerns in the prior decision by the Pac-12 to postpone sport competition. The testing will also significantly reduce the number of contact traces required and the breadth of contact tracing required, with the goal of relieving some of the burden on local health authorities as a result of removing or significantly limiting the spread of infection through athletics activity. Any return to competition is subject to requisite approvals from public health officials so uh the last thing here is that Cadell's Sophia, two testing machines and tests are expected to be delivered to each of the pac-12 athletic departments by the end of september 2020 that's where we're at um does andy does this change your outlook and just i know where we feel on whether football should be played or not but Do you think this changes the approach to the Pac-12 in maybe pushing for a season to start, let's say, in late December or even January?
1: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard not to want to look with an optimistic lens and just sort of say that January sounds like when football could be played. So I think when you push it out that way, it seems to me like I, I've always thought that you could pull off a pretty, you know, a solid spring season with this. I think by that point in time, a lot of people have been projecting that there'll be a vaccine, that, you know, things will improve, hopefully. Yeah. The the big thing that I sort of think is like the conversation, of course, because it doesn't usually go to where you just took it. It's usually like, OK, can we start the season now? And I mean even if we were to be to listen to the timeline that they gave, okay, can we start the season mid-October? It's like it just ignores all the other reports that have been coming out about like <laughs> fall having big spikes and uh, you know and, and big surges and then also the double impact of having a flu season that's about to begin. So it's just really hard. I think uh, I think if the Pac-12 really pushes for it, you're just going to start to see how much people go after money because at the end of the day that's really what it is if you have an option which is a spring season which you could argue would be the safest option how badly do you miss three to two and a half months to three months worth of revenue and i think if people really chase it that's what you're seeing and i think if people don't then you know you're seeing that they're making a a statement that they're putting their players first I'd rather it be the latter, and I'd rather lead take leadership here and just be like, look, you know, the NFL is doing whatever it's doing because there's paid players, and other leagues are doing what they're doing because it's paid players. Like we have responsibility to put our student athletes first. They are students first, athletes second. That is the priority when it comes to education, and therefore, it is in our students' best interests, you know, to to play this more cautiously. That's the type of statement that. I would hope we would see. I have not a ton of confidence that we'll see something like that. Yeah. I mean, at the very least, you know,
2: for us, supporting a team that's in the Pac-12 conference, right? The Pac-12 conference has had a pretty good unified approach. All the coaches, all the ADs, uh, the leadership in the conference has been the same message across the board versus like what you're seeing with the big 10 is just like all over the place. And so I'm at least thankful for that, that they kind of, I I'm assuming that they kind of sat down and just said, Hey, this is the plan we're going to go with. This is the kind of approach that we want to go with altogether. And they stuck to it. So I got to You got to give at least some credit to where it's due. And in this case it's with the leadership and, across each university and the conference as a
1: whole. Yeah, exactly. I agree. It's been, it's been nice. It's been refreshing in that sense to see, you know, a conference be kind of unilaterally aligned Yeah. and not have the mumblings and murmurs from, you know, disgruntled coaches and that type of stuff. I mean, it, and this has real impacts. We've yeah. seen it, right. That I think, all of the the furloughs and staff salary reductions and you know it's not that this isn't impacting people's lives and i think it's important to acknowledge that you know it is in in major ways but it's still nothing compared to losing someone you know (laughs) and i think that's just it's just like a healthy mindset to to kind of weigh things against that and we have to like fight against our own self-interest and yeah it's really hard i mean it's an interesting thing for the giants to be playing in the middle of like horrible air quality you know it's (laughs) like why are they playing that game or like you look at the 49ers this weekend like kyle shanahan's quote was not the best like kyle shanahan's quote was like yeah we're monitoring the air quality but if you're in the air it doesn't feel that bad like all right scientists like i'm (laughs) come on man like Uh, And I don't know if that's a direct quote, but it's pretty damn close. So I just think that we all need to take a step back from what we want to see and try to understand that there's a greater good here that we're pushing towards. And it's not comfortable. It's not easy. It's challenging every step of the way. And I understand that. But, um, you know, college football will return and we'll be able to get to see this team in some form. Will it be the same exact team we were expecting to see? Probably not, but it'll be fun regardless. So, and everyone's losing players. I saw Oregon lost another player to the NFL draft. That's their third one. You know, it's not just us, it's not just happening to us.
2: Yeah, they lost. And we'll talk about the dis- departures in a little bit. But um, some other news regarding COVID and, and the Pac 12 in particular. Uh, the first thing regarding the conference as a whole. Uh, John Wilner of the uh, Mercury on the Wilner Hotline reporting this week that some schools are refusing to share information, uh, which is very, very, very surprising. And so I'm going to try and pull up uh, this article, uh, the Wilner Hotline. I'm going to try and figure out what schools they were. Uh, but in the meantime, yeah, I mean, there's that. And then on top of that, the, uh, the Cal, T, uh, the Cal Flex Department is actually partnering with the New York Times. Did you get a chance to see that, Andy? No. Um, so apparently they're partnering with the, and uh, the New York Times and the New York Times is going to be given like a inside look into how the athletics department is run so let me read you a little bit from their intro blurb this is on september 2nd by john branch of of the new york times it says in any other year they'd be on campus practicing with teams sweating and laughing and bonding with you teammates preparing for a school year and a season to start But this is 2020, so 200 incoming freshman student-athletes at the University of California Berkeley were nothing but a grid of pixelated faces on a screen boxed in. They were at home, mostly on beds or couches or at desks or kitchen tables. It was orientation, but no one felt oriented. And basically, it goes through to talk about the current situation around uh, the Califlex department and our AD. And then basically, at the end here, they're going to talk about, where is it? Ivy League cancel sports. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, so where is it? Did I already go past it? So basically, it's it's a little blurb that says that they're going to get full back, basically backstage access into the Zoom meetings, how the athletics department is run, um, and, you know, just uh, – Basically take the Califlex department as like a public case study on what athletics departments are doing during COVID-19 is basically wow. what they're at. Yeah. Uh, here it is. In the coming weeks and months, the New York Times will be meeting – will be inside Calflex virtually and on campus in Zoom meetings, budget discussions, and team workouts. The goal is to provide an inside-out view of the unprecedented challenges facing one university, but really all of them. The hurdles at Cal are both reflective of other top-level college athletic programs and unique to the Golden Bears. Cal is a member of the Pac-12 Conference, which dominates the college sports scene on the West Coast. Its athletic department is bigger than most. 30 sports, 300 employees, 850 athletes, and, 100 million, and a $100 one hundred million annual budget. So yeah, it's, wow. it's actually pretty cool. Going to get a lot of good PR with this, in my opinion, as long as we don't make any horrendous mistakes
1: (laughs) yeah true it'll Uh, be nice to just kind of showcase what's going on okay so many rival schools look at the budget and they're like oh cal's budget's not balanced and like all those other stories This just like the stats that come out it'll just be nice to kind of have that background look it might be pleasant might not i I imagine it'll probably look good if they're allowing them to do it but Yeah. yeah pretty cool
2: pretty cool We'll pivot a little bit back to uh, the John Wilner thing, which would just uh, uploaded. So basically, so ESPN asked the Pac-12 schools for like comment or their numbers on the coronavirus. And this was their response, uh, basically, or this is what they wrote in their article. In response to a series of questions from ESPN about their COVID-19 testing protocols, almost half of the 65 schools in the Power 5 conferences declined to share data about how many positive tests their program have had to date. Nearly a third of the schools overall declined to provide information about protocols in addition to withholding the number of athletes who had tested positive. That's from the ESPN article. Now, this is from John Wilner's article. And unfortunately, five schools in the Pac-12 have refused to release test results. All five are public. Oregon, UCLA, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah. If the private schools are willing to make their test results public, why should the public schools keep their data private? It's deeply disappointing.
0: Oh.
1: What do you make of that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's just this world right now. It just seems crazy, but I can't tell, you know, there's no sports happening anyways, so I don't know if it does any good to kind of release that stuff. If if maybe they're saying, hey, like, sports aren't happening now anyways, so, you know, this is more personal information, and, like, sending that information out, like, who does it? who is it serving, right, to say, yeah. okay, like, two student-athletes at Cal has COVID, like, or UCLA has COVID, like, does it matter right now? Not really. It, it's always kind of helpful to understand how it's impacting, but I could see why maybe an athletic department would just sort of be like, "Look, like I understand if we're playing, we would have to disclose that." But for you know, just doing what we're doing. But for those schools that are playing and not disclosing it, I mean, is it surprising? No. I mean, we saw the Colorado State stuff, so we yeah. know how coaches are approaching this. And there's just a, a there's just a level of like stupidity right now that seems to be acceptable that's completely unacceptable. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I'm all for transparency, and particularly for data transparency, so would it be nice? Yes, do I err on the side of those schools who should disclose that information? Probably, do I see the other side of it? Kind of <laughs> what about you? Yeah,
2: I mean, it's kind of nice, just from a numbers perspective to just see like how it's doing, but you know if if the intent from these athletic departments is, yeah, we want to try and play. Sports, then the best way to do that is to probably get these numbers out to show, like, hey, they're not the numbers aren't as high as we modeled them to be, like across the board, that we can actually make this work. You would think that's the case, but because they're not, it makes it more. It makes it seem like more so that the numbers are too high, that they don't even want that PR, you know, stuff out there, that their numbers are high. Yeah, Um, that's a great point. Like looking from John Miller's article, like last point he has, it says of the five schools in the Pac-12 that revealed both test results and positive tests, ESPN reported a mere 47 positives out of 4,918 tests administered. That's a positive. That's a positivity rate of one percent. Really good. Yeah. But like you know, it, it you have to start asking yourself the question, right? Like if Oregon UCLA Arizona State Colorado and Utah have abnormally high numbers that just like skyrocket that average of the other five schools
1: yep it's hard if you don't I mean it's just a guessing game if you don't know mm-hmm. yeah it leaves the mind to Wanda I am still surprised though that they're not even willing to share their protocols
2: like I think that's surprising numbers I get because that's a health issue but like Protocols is like, why would you not want to, unless you realize that your protocols are crap and it's not up to par, like, it's the only reason I would
1: see you not wanting to do it. But who knows? If Nike can stay open <laughs> <laughs> or can better be able to do it. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, what also the crazy thing though, Rob, like we talk, we focus a lot on COVID. So let me just like introduce another dreary subject. But like how many games at this point would have been canceled due to smoke and air air quality? Three? Two? At two least at least two. Cause it was what? This past weekend and the weekend before? No.
2: It was probably this past weekend and probably tomorrow, right? Because we're recording this on Friday.
1: It's probably two games. So definitely this least. weekend because it was it's gonna be like yeah, three hundred. Yeah, yeah. But like this seems like the and then also you have to factor in the air quality of an Oregon, too. Like this right. isn't no longer just like located in California and then you all have the fires down in LA. So you're talking about like UCLA, Oregon, Oregon State and Cal all and Stanford all having to push games. Well, even it's UCLA like, and SC too. Oh yeah, and SC. So it's like what it, it's just like it would have been a disaster anyways. <laughs> you <laughs> know, it's like even without all the covid stuff going on, it's like maybe football should be played in wintertime in California now because this looks like the new normal going forward. So until we can figure out how to solve some of the things that are happening in regards to the wildfires, you know, what, are, what is the long term? I wonder if the Pac-12 is evaluating the long term sustainability or viability of playing a football season in the fall. That would be a real concern for me if I was a Pac-12, you know, member of the Pac-12 and be looking at, is this sustainable if half of our league is going to be pushing games every year due to air quality? I agree.
2: I totally agree. Um, this is becoming the new norm, and, you know, climate change is very, very real. So, yeah, I mean, our first game
1: canceled due to smoke was, what, two years ago, Larry? Right? Was that 2018? The first one got played, and I think it was the Washington State game that we yeah. won, and yeah. that was the big the big one, right? And that was the one that we thought should be canceled, and then the next year it was the big the game. game that did get postponed by a week and now is that was that last that wasn't last year was it It that was 2018 that was 2018 yeah can't remember last year but i know the fires were bad last year we did not i don't think we had any
2: bad enough to cancel last year
1: yeah and then this year i just think like this year would have been unprecedented yeah this year
2: (laughs) had a bunch yeah I mean, just seeing the pictures this past week of Oregon, you and I live in the Bay Area, so we we saw like firsthand the the red filter basically outside, like with basically zero light. Uh, I don't know how you would have played a game through that anyways. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. I was personally very surprised to be watching some NFL football this past weekend, and my Chargers eking out the victory out in Cincinnati uh, was, was refreshing, um, and Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels on, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi which means more quality candidates will see it fast try indeed out with a 75 dollar credit at indeed.com slash blue wire that is their best offer available anywhere go right now to indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply offer valid through september
1: 30th yeah i mean and then you look down at the with the state of oregon it's just super sad you know just it's really sad so i think There's got to be a a whole bunch of discussions that are happening at the Pac-12 right now, which is, you know, evaluating should players be paid? Um, How could you structure something like that? When the best season is to play the sport due to growing uh, in longer fire seasons? And, you know, how do you bring something back after it's been, you know, off? But yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, who's rushing to bring football back right now? Yeah. To play what? So, so Utah and (laughs) Colorado could play. It's like snowing in Colorado. (laughs) It's like yeah, and no one knows. You know, it was hundred degrees and snowing there the next day. It's like yeah, I don't know. Crazy times that we live
2: in. Crazy times, unprecedented times. But in so many ways, yeah. Man, I think that's uh, that's a good, good talk conversation on the coronavirus and Pac-12 and where we're currently at. If there's any more news regarding that, you'll be sure to hear from us soon. But in the meantime, let's talk a little bit about the on-field stuff. Uh, Luke Beckett, our 60-year senior, who got his 60-year of eligibility for this upcoming season, uh, transfer or put in his intent to transfer and put himself in the transfer portal. And finally, a couple weeks ago, or was that last week, um, he transferred to Boston college with eligibility with eligibility. He's going to play right away this season because Boston college, I believe in is in the ACC and they are playing this year. So good luck to uh, Luke who, you know, was a stalwart on our defensive line over the last few seasons, particularly under Justin Wilcox. And um, you know, let's, Uh, Just to run you through some of this stuff, 130 tackles, uh, 12.5 tackles for loss, 10 sacks, three pass breakups, three passes defended, four forced fumbles, one fumble recovery, four quarterback hurries, and one blocked kick. He's the only active Cal player with a blocked kick to his credit, while he ranks second among active players in career sacks and
1: third in tackles for losses. He was second in the active players for career sacks, correct? <laughs> I was like, for a second there, I was like, whoa. Uh, yeah, that's, um, yeah, I mean, Luke is a, it's a, it's just a bummer, man. It's, I don't know even what to say at this point. Like, it's it's a bummer to, to see him go, but I, I can't blame him for leaving. It makes a lot of sense from his end. He needs more tape to be looked at to get to the next level, which I think he's trying to you know, playing the league, if I were to guess. So it it just it's a at some point it becomes a kind of like a personal business decision. And I think that was a good one for him. He was always someone that we kind of expected to break out a little bit more than what I think we got, but also just such a solid presence and occupies a, a good amount of space down there, which is kind of what you need to be doing. And, um, You know, it definitely like him coming back, I remember for the sixth year was a big deal. So it's a it's sort of I don't know how to feel about it because it's like it's kind of good, you know, for him. And it doesn't really impact us because we don't really know what we're going to need. And if we do play in the spring, like if we can get some of the freshmen, the true freshmen to come in and start right away. Then all of a sudden that loss is like definitely made less. But I'd be curious to hear what you what your reaction was. I, I think you and I don't have different
2: opinions on this. I think for his career, it was the perfect and right move. Um, if you know, cause he wants to play this year. He wants to get to the league. There's no reason he should delay it another year. Otherwise he's just getting older. So it makes sense from a football for Cal perspective though. It's like, man, that's, that hurts. Cause he would, he's a surefire like guy that, you know, is at the top of the depth chart and, you know what he's going to give you. Um, And then if we had him, let's say, let's say we played a spring season, we started in January. And if Luke was here and we still brought in a couple of those freshmen, like, man, the depth on that defensive line just changes drastically. Um, And it becomes less of a burden on those starters. And you have guys that you can rotate in now. Now with him leaving, that leaves a gap into that spot. Um, and hopefully, you know, one of the guys can step up into that, but it's still a, still a pretty big loss because he was so versatile on the defensive line, too. Like, you can have him on the edge, you can have him at nose if you're playing two down in the middle, like him and uh, Brett Johnson. So now I think um, you lose a bit of that versatility, but at the same time, you're probably going to be able to uh, just use more position specific guys. Um, instead of using somewhat of a tweener into yep. it. So.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. I don't know how much it impacts the pass rush, really. I think the bigger question for me is if you lose someone like Coin Dang and there is no season next, you know, that's would that's, be crazy to not see him have his senior year. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: But, you know, uh, all the best to Luke Beckett and wherever he decides to go in the future. In the meantime, there was another departure uh, earlier this week. Defensive back Cam Bynum um, decides to declare for the NFL draft. He posted a really cool video on his Twitter and Instagram and also uh, wrote this uh, on his or on his Twitter and Instagram, he wrote this long article piece on his Instagram. Let me just read you the first uh, two paragraphs. Before anything, I just want to thank my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for blessing me with this opportunity. As I just announced, I am foregoing my senior season and declaring for the 2021 NFL draft. I am sad to be leaving my Cal family, but this is the most reasonable decision for my future, so I'm excited to embrace the opportunity to get what I have always worked for. I get emotional reflecting on how hard I've worked to get to this point to be able to make my dream a reality, but this is not the time for that. It hits me even deeper reflecting on how many people have been willing to help carry me towards my dreams during my years in college. This time is for you guys. You all pushed me and raised me to be the person I am today. He goes on to thank a bunch of people, Uh, his high school friends and coaches, um, Bay Area friends and coaches, Cal friends and coaches uh, support staff, everybody, like it's, it's a long, long list. And so, yeah. Um, I got to talk to him. He had a little press conference, uh, right after he posted that video, he seemed excited and like, he genuinely looked excited and sad at the same time. Uh, he looked excited because he's moving on to the next part of his career and his future. He was sad because he wasn't able to finish out his Cal career like he wanted to. Um, But at the same time, the stuff he's done for the bears and his career here was always a fan favorite. And probably, probably after Evan Weaver is probably the most iconic player under Justin Wilcox, in my opinion so far. Uh, And so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's where I'm at. I mean, what did you think about this news? And, you know, Um, all this all this stuff
1: would you rank him above jk canasic
2: yeah i think jk would be right there maybe underneath him but i think it probably has to be weaver and cam at like one two
1: yeah i mean just because cam was such a you know playing since he's a freshman and it was just so good yeah exactly yeah i mean that video was so so dope just the the entire like last season with the takers and the articles that were written and showing that, you know, these guys go home and just watch tape and collaborate and they bring each other up and bring on the young players. It's just a level of leadership that we saw amongst a group that was really ahead of its time uh, from a from an age and maturity level. It was just, that's what I think was so cool about them. It was really hard to not like that group. (laughs) I, I even think from afar, even if you really don't like Cal, it was just hard not to like them, you know? And uh, not that the takers are all gone, but Cam being one of the most central. And, yeah, so uh, I'm happy for him. I think that uh, the league is definitely awaiting Cam Bynum. And so now is becoming training and kind of like get the Patrick Laird muscle muscle treatment. (laughs) And get ready to to rock for spring, uh. Because I don't think he he's the you know he's in a different place than Luke. Like I think Luke needs tape. I don't think Cam really needs additional tape. You know, he's already got the pretty solid like body type, size, speed. You know he's kind of got those things going for him already. And then the tape's been pretty friendly. So I think that uh, it it makes a lot of sense for him. And and he's graduated. You know, he's graduating this fall, so he's done all everything we would ever want from a Cal perspective. So he'll be always remembered, I agree, super favorably, and as one of the I think foundational pieces that kind of turned Cal into what it is today. Yeah, can't be
2: better said than what you said. Um, yeah, we wish Cam the best. I hope he is a high draft pick. Um, I hope he is selected by the Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> we, we do need another cornerback, so you know, getting Cam would be nice. But that's just uh personal personal wants. Um Let's talk about Cam's loss in the perspective of the Cal team, Andy. Uh how big of a loss do you think it is to this team, let's say if this team were to
1: play in January? Dude, I think that we have such a solid next man up mentality particularly on the defense i like we already have to there and then we have a a bunch of talented younger guys that can kind of and don't we already we still have drayden so it's like i don't know if there's a tremendous loss (laughs) I, i don't know maybe i'm way too optimistic i'm like thinking about this it's just like Hmm, <laughs> maybe I have a little bit too much of like a splash of optimism in my beer today because, you know, <laughs> it's definitely a loss. But I, I still think like talk about a position that's one, well coached and two, uh, well recruited for that, you know, I, I think it's losing a, a strong piece from a, a position of strength rather than losing a, you know, big piece from a position of weakness. What about you? yeah I agree. I think uh you know
2: we asked cam or I asked cam uh, in that conference call with him about the room that he's leaving behind and anybody he wants us to particularly take note of in the future and he mentioned Chiggy. Chi was the first name he mentioned, so I think Chiggy athletically is ridiculously gifted and um can play. That DB role really, really well, sitting behind those guys, practicing with them. Um, Cam did mention that Chiggy was one of the guys that had been working out with him like over the last few months the most intensely. So that brings me so much optimism that he's picked up so much from these guys and is going to be able to play uh, right away. And he's already gotten that play time, right, uh, spelling the starters. So you have that. Plus, you have, you know, like Hicks moving to safety. You put Drayden on the other side, who's already solid. Then now you, it's not as big of a drop off as you might expect it to be. Um, and you might actually get an increase because you get those younger guys um, that are that were more touted than like a Cam Bynum or Elijah Hicks coming into college. You get to see those guys play too, and see how well those guys develop. So, you know, the the takers and the DB room at Cal over the last few years is like one of those position groups of a team that I think a lot of high school athletes like will look at and be like, ooh, like it's that's like the hot thing to be a part of. Right. It's like the hot thing to do. So I do think it's it's like it's uh, it's a strength of ours right now. Um, that they're doing well recruiting, they're doing well in production, they're doing well in development. And now if you get these, particularly after seeing Jalen and Ashton both get drafted in the league and stick with their teams because they were early draft picks, and let's say Cam does the same, let's say um, Hicks, Drayden also get picked up, then, yeah, I mean, the entire, the deep, the DB, like, what, six deep all got drafted in the NFL. Like, yeah, dude, that that's huge. That's big time.
1: Yeah, I think that the foundation is there and the recruiting has been so solid that it just looks like it's going to be strong for our... I mean, there's reason to be optimistic about that group and about our defensive backs for, you know, to continue to have that long-term lens with it. It's really been special to kind of see what GA started and what those players started and how it's really set up that foundation to just continue that type of success long term.
2: I totally agree. Um, I mean, that's pretty much it. That's all I had on the docket for today in terms of what to talk about
1: pizza time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and that wraps it up for us here on the golden bear cast. You can find me at Rob 11 HW You can find Andy at Andy J beast mode. You can find all our stuff on Twitter at Golden Bear If you're watching us on Twitch, then you already found us. So hit that uh, subscribe button and that like button and that follow button. And also our YouTube channel is up there uh, on the video. If you're watching on Twitch, I would read it out for you, but it's not a custom link, so it's super long. But you can just type in California Golden Bear Cast on YouTube and find our channel. Um, on our channel right now, what we're doing is super cool. We our we are currently simming. The 2020 Cal football season on NCAA 14 with commentary by my, uh, myself and Trace. And uh, it premieres on YouTube live 3 p.m. every Saturday. Follows the exact same game day schedule that would have happened if uh, COVID did not happen. So if you're listening to this on Monday, we just had a game on Saturday against FCS Northwest or Cal Poly. Uh, this week is currently a buy, and then you'll see us against the Utah game the following week. But all of the games are on there. You can watch through it. Um, I highly, highly recommend it. And on there as well, give us a follow. Um, hit that like button on the videos. We would greatly appreciate it. And that's pretty much it. That's it for us. And as always, go Bears. Go Bears. head to bet online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code bluewire at betonline.ag. That's bluewire all one word. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts.